And then the confidence comes from the daily action. Showing up, even if you're scared, acknowledging that you're scared and showing up even at a little 1%, taking that initial step and you show up consistently. Well, Julie, I'm excited to have you join me for this episode of Coffee with Closers. Uh, I am excited to be here as well, Samuel. I've been looking forward to our conversation. I think that you are doing some incredible work and I definitely want to jump into our chat. I appreciate that. So essentially every entrepreneur that I talk to has some interesting story, how they overcame obstacles to become an entrepreneur. So for our audience, can you share with them a little bit about your journey of becoming an entrepreneur? Sure. You know, I have to um, begin by saying that my first entrepreneurial uh, journey came when I was 12. Hmm. I decided that I needed some extra money to buy some designer jeans. And I came up with a business that I would go to my mom's office and run errands for her coworkers. Hmm. Of course, this is going before DoorDash, right? And I've always had that little bit of a bug as an entrepreneur, but I went into teaching and then I left that and I went into the corporate world in which I worked for an educational company for many years, a couple of different organizations, definitely felt that I wanted to eventually do my own thing, but mm -hmm. never really took the leap because um, there's a lot of self-doubt as well, especially if you're successful in corporate America, especially if you have a secure job, mm -hmm. especially if you have a great network of individuals who you're connected to, because some of the thoughts that came were, oh, what are people going to think that I'm doing this and I'm leaving that, right? And I think that that was one of the biggest obstacles. Um, for me, um, I knew that eventually maybe I was going to go into working and launching my own company, mm -hmm. but I figure it would be in the future when I finished, when I semi-retired from the organization I was with. Mm -hmm. Sadly uh, for me, or great for me, however you want to interpret it, I received a separation package uh, during the pandemic, right at the beginning. And immediately I thought, well, this is it. The mm -hmm. universe is giving me a signal and I'm going to launch to do my own thing, consulting, working with individuals. And originally my intent was to work mm -hmm. with women who were in that corporate career and we're looking to grow. Now, one of the things that happened for me is that individuals would say, hey, I wish I was as confident as you are. As I got promoted, as I grew, my last role at corporate was chief innovation officer for the organization. So I had, you know, reached the top, but there isn't a hundred percent confidence. You always have that doubt. You have that second guessing of yourself. So I knew that I wanted to work with women to help them overcome that and to see that it is part of the process to not feel confident. And somehow along the way, individuals who were trying to build a business or had a business and were struggling to make it successful and have a consistent income and profitability would come to me and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Or what about that? How do I start? How do I need an LLC? Questions that really there isn't uh, a manual that people give you to start a business. And that's how I started. But really the biggest obstacle to entrepreneurship was me and my thoughts mm -hmm. and all of that self-doubt. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that you were, you started a business teaching people how to go in confidence. Then here you are uh, doubting yourself on of starting course. your own uh, journey, which is kind of a 
uh, uh, interesting, right? When you look at yeah, that. well, you know, it's it's normal <clears throat> for anyone to have that little second guessing. That's part mm -hmm. of what our brain is supposed to do. It's supposed to say danger, you're not doing this, or who are you to do that? And mm -hmm. the really the key is to acknowledge that that's happening, acknowledge that that's normal, and then still move forward and create some forward action. Yeah, and I, and I think you know from all the conversations I've had, most of them had some sort of an adverse scenario mm -hmm. that put them in a place to start. It wasn't like oh they were just like planning to do this and then you know just everything just aligned. Some mm -hmm. obstacle that came about, but they they took a chance and started it. And in your case, similar to to that, right? During COVID, you had uh, you face you know you had to face this uh, challenging news. Hey, we're, yeah. we no longer need you, and you're like, hey, this is my opportunity to take a risk on myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I, I will tell you that I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do. There was no doubt. And I knew that if I didn't do it, mm -hmm. um, it, it would still stay as a pipe dream. And, mm -hmm. you know, because I knew immediately that I could get another job. I knew that I could, I have a great network, mm -hmm. um, but this was the time. Yeah, I just actually was having a conversation with someone just via LinkedIn messaging I've known him at a, at a previous SaaS company he was at. He was my uh, kind of like, he's overseas, like the partner program. Mm -hmm. And he was like my channel partner uh, consultant. And then he was let go because the company went through a downsizing and then it's a SaaS company. So they went through a downsizing and then went to another SaaS company. He was also a channel partner. We were just starting the conversation. And then uh, and then we decided that the platform was not right for our use case. And I said, hey, maybe not, not this time, maybe in the future where, you know, if you go somewhere else. And then come to find out just later on, I saw his LinkedIn statuses looking for opportunities. Then I messaged him and said, what happened? And he's like, oh, I was also part of another uh, downsizing at this company. So wow. I'm, I'm on my own. I, I, I just lost my job. I said, maybe it's a sign that you got to take your talents and go do something on your own. He said, mm -hmm. I was just being, thinking about that, right? Yeah. So like uh, it, it almost like sometimes the universe has a way of telling you things. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I'm a know. firm believer that that's how <laughs> things work out. Most certainly. So obviously in the process of building this company, not only you learn that you have to go in confidence and, and just jump in and do things, but what are some other lessons learned as an entrepreneur? You know, some of the lessons for me is that number one, um, you cannot underestimate the value of having a really good network because mm -hmm. you're not going to be an expert at everything. Mm -hmm. um, you are going to have to find the right people to delegate to, to outsource to, to consult with. And as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, we want to do it all because we want to save money. We want to save time, but that's, that's a misconception. Mm -hmm. um, doing it all actually costs you time. It costs you money. It costs you health. So it, it really is important to have that resource, the people around you that you can say, hey, I don't know how to do this, or what do you use for that? Or mm -hmm. what do you think of this? And this is one of the reasons why as an entrepreneur and now in my business, part of the offer is creating a container for people to actually come in and have that type of support system in a mastermind. Other lessons I've, I've learned is that be very intentional. I think mm -hmm. entrepreneurs as well are dreamers, people who have big ideas, and that's where innovation comes. Mm -hmm. However, you really have to run your business like a business. You have to have a strategy. You have to make sure that you have a plan, that you have something to fall back on and understand there's got to be some key performance indicators. There's some lagging metrics, leading metrics, and all of that. Sometimes so entrepreneurs 
uh, they kind of look at me like glazed over. <laughs> but these are the things that move you forward. These are the things that are informing your decisions as an entrepreneur. Can I afford that? Is mm -hmm. this working? Should I continue to work this way? Is this something that's resonating in the market? So all of these things are important. Yeah. So, I mean, I think some of these lessons you learn the hard way, some of these lessons you probably learn from, you know, like you said, coaching and consulting or, or interface, intera interacting with other, uh, other like-minded people in the business world. Um, so what, what were some of the, um, you know, you said, you know, having the right type of network and then people say your network is your net worth. Absolutely. Um, so what were some of the, 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 the right type of people that you were able to connect with early on that helped you guide, guide your business and guide your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, you know what? I was incredibly lucky at the I've been following Pat Flynn for a very mm -hmm. long time. He is the host of the Smart Passive Income mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. He has a community um that he launched in 2020 called mm -hmm. SPI Pro. Mm -hmm. And I joined the community. I joined the community as he opened it. I think I was the uh third quarter of 2020. And mm -hmm. I thought I don't know who am I to apply to be in here, but I know I need this. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to be surrounded by, again, I've been listening to his podcast forever and he's sort of that guru mentor that mm -hmm. I could get a lot of information and be educated from. Um, but if he was putting together a community where he was going to curate other entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that were high caliber, I knew that that's where I wanted to be. So I was right. That is the community that has helped support me mm -hmm. in my endeavor. There's people from all over the world. And then Pat himself and his team, they really value that customer experience. We are not only his community, but we're his customers. Mm -hmm. And he, like he says in his books, is helping us and is creating super fans. Mm -hmm. People go above and beyond for the individuals who are part of the community. So mm -hmm. I've been able to ask questions of people that have been in an uh, entrepreneurial world much longer than I have. Mm -hmm. I have been able to ask um, advice or feedback. Hey, I am doing this. Is this feasible? What do you think of that? So that has been one of the biggest um, blessings. And from that community, I also have a mastermind group that I participate in. And this mm -hmm. has been another small group of entrepreneurs in which we talk. We discuss what are our wins. Also, what are challenges are we are we facing? How mm -hmm. can we overcome them? And having that has been another way in which I've been able to really leverage uh, the genius uh, zone of many other entrepreneurs that have different walks of life, different experiences, but it still are very mm -hmm. committed to having that go give spirit for other people. Yeah. And again, I, I I will say the other community that, of course, I have to talk about is just my regular friends and family who, by the way, as I mentioned mm -hmm. in the beginning, I was afraid when I was launching or I wanted to launch my business. What are they going to think? I have gone all in and decided I wasn't going to worry about what other people think. But all of a sudden, people have been incredibly supportive of me or my efforts and have cheered me on. And it's great to have that level of support as well. Mm -hmm. So clearly what you've described is that early on, you were able to find the Pat Flynn's community and some mastermind groups. And obviously, mm -hmm. you need the loved ones to to kind of be rallying behind you. But a lot of times entrepreneurs don't spend that energy to find those to support group early on so that it does inhibit their growth. And clearly 
you finding those um, support group early on has definitely ex accelerated your ability to succeed. So like what, how did you, obviously you were listening to some podcasts, but when did you realize I need to have this? So if I needed to succeed, I needed to have this. When did you realize that that was you know, a necessity? Right away. I think mm -hmm. um, it, because for us as entrepreneurs, um, we tend to be very isolated at times. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who don't understand what, what, how, what do you mean? You don't have like a schedule or they, they don't get it, but mm -hmm. being able to find people who have done what you want to do mm -hmm. is what helps you uh, move forward. Um, I think that for me as well, the other piece that was very instrumental in helping me build my business is Coaches need coaches. So I mm -hmm. leverage a coach, someone that has been doing this successfully for a very long time and could give me perspective, could give me his feedback, could give me another point of view and also create a community and encourage me and introduce me to other platforms in which um, we could continue to build uh, these relationships and, and partnerships that help us grow as entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So obviously you, you found the community that actually helped you to kind of learn things and implement things very, very rapidly. How did you get your first five or 10 customers? By asking, mm -hmm. you know, the first thing that I did is I started to tell everybody what I did and I started to just ask people, Hey, do you mind? Um, I'd love to talk to you about what I'm doing and just asking people. I remember the first customer that I got is actually someone that I've known for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've known her for here in my community. I know her in real life. Mm -hmm. And I know that she's a small business owner. And as we were talking, she said, you know, I really struggle with mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. And I said, hey, um, this is what I would do. Uh, I think that this is definitely a challenge that you have, but it's easily overcome by doing this. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, that's great. And again, I shared a lot of value with her. I gave her some input and then I asked, I said, Hey, what do you think about working with me? I would mm -hmm. love to work with you. Is that mm -hmm. something that you're open to? And she said, yes, absolutely. And mm -hmm. that really, again, gave me a little bit of confidence that what I had was something that somebody needed. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that is the validation that at times we don't get right away. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, Many entrepreneurs get themselves out there, but they fall from really going through the nurturing and then inviting people to work with them. The invitation is incredibly important. And, mm -hmm. and we got to remember that even if people say no, that doesn't mean that it's a no forever. It's maybe a no, not right now, or maybe it's a no, I'm not ready. Or no, I don't think I need someone, but I know now that you're there. So mm -hmm. putting yourself out there, telling people what you do, making the ask and saying, hey, um, Samuel, I, do, you, you know, do you know someone? Who do you know that needs a, a business coach like me? Mm -hmm. Many people don't do that. And I think that that's really one of the things to start. Yeah. And I think it's difficult sometimes when you have someone who's uh, actually a friend to ask them to 
like pay you to coach them or consult them yeah. or do something for them. So how do you overcome that? Uh, again, that's a confidence issue yeah. in, in some sense. How would you re- advise somebody to overcome that um, obstacle? You know, I, I have to tell you that the relationships from people that have been friends from before that have hired me, I really keep it very professional as well. I don't treat them any differently. Mm-hmm. They, um, they, they get a contract from me that they have to go over and agree. Um, they have, they get billed that, and I will say I do offer my husband and I do offer because my husband is part of the business now. And we have another part of the business that we're very mm-hmm. proud of. That was something we didn't anticipate in building, but we have built. Um, mm-hmm. So we do offer a friends and family discount. Why? Mm-hmm. Because we want people to be part of our universe. We can't mm-hmm. ever go forward and expect to be successful without really having other people that come alongside you, um, mm-hmm. but really being able to remember and be very clear with your communications. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm working with you. I know that we have a relationship, but these are the things. This is how I work. This is the expectation. What are your expectations? What mm-hmm. would you like to see out of this relationship? Being able to be upfront, open, honest, and have that understanding communication in the very first, um, it's something that's going to help you if that's the way to do it. But again, I tell my clients, your friends and your family are not your customers. Mm-hmm. It happened to me that I happened to have a couple of friends that wanted to hire me. Mm-hmm. But for the majority of the time, your friends and family are not your customers, mm-hmm. but they're your promotional partners. Mm-hmm. Who do you know that can help me? Who do you know that needs me? What do you think about maybe introducing me or putting in a good word for me? Um, You know, some of the speaking engagements that I've done also came from me taking the leap Mm -hmm. and leveraging my relationships and saying, hi, I know your company is looking for a speaker. Would you mind putting me in contact or putting in a good word for me? That's really what's helped me as well. Mm -hmm. So we definitely talked about some of those early lessons learned and how that's have impacted your business. Um, but we touched on the concept of your your business is all about going in confidence. So can you elaborate a little bit on what that means? Uh, we touched on some of those concepts. Uh, what does yeah. that mean uh, for anyone, whether they're trying to uh, uh, grow in their career or or actually being an entrepreneur and building their own business? I'm so glad you asked this because mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Confidence, most people believe it is that feeling or maybe you're cocky or you you have that swagger of confidence mm-hmm. the confidence is not that at all for me going confidently and, and again the business is named after the henry david thoreau quote mm-hmm. go confidently in the direction of your dreams live mm-hmm. the life you have imagined so when i am helping individuals go confidently the first thing that we do is we start with why, like Simon Sinek says, right? Start mm-hmm. with why. Why do you want to have the flexibility and the freedom of a business? Why is this important to you? And then we talk about what is the vision that you have for the future? Do you see yourself in, in, a, in a beach somewhere um, making, you know, drinking some pina coladas with your laptop? Or do you feel that the vision is that you can pay for your kid's college upfront and in, in, in cash, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that vision is, you have to align them. And then the confidence comes from the daily action. 
nobody is ever going to feel like they have it together when we are a beginner. Mm -hmm. Confidence comes from you doing whatever it is, the thing, right? Showing up, even if you're scared, acknowledging that you're scared and showing up even at a little 1%, right? Taking that initial step. Mm -hmm. Once you take that initial step and you show up consistently over and over and over again, then you're building your confidence. You're becoming more motivated to show up because you're seeing, oh, I'm getting better, right? Mm -hmm. And then that... Um, motivation then builds to you working at whatever it is and then getting better, increasing your skill. And then again, your confidence increases, your motivation, and it kind of feeds off of each other. And that's what confidence is. You know, one of the things um, we, we haven't talked about, but I, um, I'm a tiny habit certified coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. BJ Fogg is a behavioral scientist at a Stanford University. He's been studying habits for over 20 years. And he has published a lot of the research that many of the habit books that most people are familiar with Mm -hmm. um, are based their books on. And one of the things that he talks about is that, again, confidence comes after you have created habits, but habits in order for them to stick, for them to not rely on motivation, because if we're trying to do something very hard, Mm -hmm. initially our motivation is going to leave us. Motivation is going to come back once we get better. But in the very beginning, we need to start and we start with a tiny little step. And the most important part after we start, we need to acknowledge, hey, I did it. Mm -hmm. And celebrating that you did it, because then when you acknowledge that, you begin to have your brain say, oh, I like that. I like feeling good. I'm going to go do that again. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can continue to build the momentum. So that is the intersection of confidence. When action is consistent and you repeat it enough and celebrate that you've done it and continue to show up in a consistent way, that's confidence to me. Yeah, I think that's kind of similar to what James Clear talks about, right? I know he's the, he's the king of uh, habits and written the book about that, uh, Atomic Habits. And I think what you're referring to is like uh, he he mentions like I I'm I work I work out regularly. No, I'm a person who works out, right? Absolutely. You want to become the person, right? As opposed to that, you just have this habit of working out. And again, I I as a tiny habits coach, I will uh, put in the word that he really bases that on the research from Dr. Fogg because that's exactly what Dr. Fogg talks about. And as mm-hmm. a tiny habits coach, that's how we teach our clients. When I am working with someone as a business coach. I am teaching them how to envision, right? Mm-hmm. That vision of your dreams. What is it? I am a person who works out every day. I am a business owner who shows up. I am a person who invites people to work with me. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that vision that you have, you start to create that action toward where you want to be. Yeah. So how do you recognize when it's a mind issue that is a that I have this mental belief system that is affecting my ability to come, right, to show up? Um, versus it's just, you know, I haven't, uh, it's a habit. I haven't built a habit. Like, cause I know sometimes like the, your mind plays games on you and then you feel like I'm, in, I'm insecure. I don't, I don't measure up. I'm, I'm inadequate. And then all those beliefs that like, kind of like you mentioned earlier affects your ability to, to show up. Uh, and then how, how do you tell apart if it's just that, or is it just that you've been just, you know, it, it's always going to be a mind issue. Hmm. It, even when you are running a good business, even when you're moving ahead, Mm -hmm. your mind is programmed to always tell you, you can't do it. 
that's part of our evolutionary mind. Your amygdala, we're not, we don't have cyber tooth tigers chasing us, but we have the unknown of what will happen if mm -hmm. I talk to this person or what will happen if I launch this product or service. Mm -hmm. So our mind is always going to be telling us, you didn't do it right. Our mind is always going to be saying, you need to um, improve. You're not, you don't compare to the next person. Mm -hmm. Yes, habits are an important part. But for me, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, when working with individuals, that's a little bit of what I do as well, is I evaluate where are they coming from? What are their belief systems? And really, when we are creating new habits, we are creating new evidence that helps to change some of our old beliefs that don't serve us. Yeah. So I think like you touched on habits a lot, right? And I think, you know, we all understand that we all have some bad habits for sure. And, yes. uh, and to replace the bad habits, right? Like, can you give some practical examples of ways that someone can overcome, whether it be the mental thing that we touched on, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's just the, the, the constant, constant uh, second guessing ourselves or whatever those things are, or even just something that we do. Uh, yeah. as a habit that may so be affecting in, us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share with you the anatomy of a habit. So it's mm -hmm. A, B, C. Mm. Every habit has um, in the ability to do the behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And this includes bad habits. There's an mm -hmm. ability to do the behavior, then doing the behavior, mm -hmm. and then C is celebrating, right? So for instance, if you have a bad habit of, let's say, um, coming home from work, and you're going to just um, raid your pantry and have all kinds of terrible snacks, right? Mm -hmm. And sit on the couch and be a couch potato, right? Mm -hmm. You walk into your house, you have the snacks available. Then you have, you do the behavior, you sit and you have your little snacks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then that provided you comfort from the busy, stressful day that you had, right? And mm -hmm. that's the celebration that your brain is like, oh, I feel good because I ate that stuff and I, I, ha I could forget about my day, right? Mm -hmm. That's a habit. Now, if you wanted to change that habit, you're going to have to remove maybe the prompt. Uh, maybe you're not buying the snacks mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe rather than coming home to like you would, you decide that you come out of your car and, and here's the prompt, right? Because mm -hmm. you need to have a prompt that reminds you to do the behavior. So maybe you pull into your driveway and rather than coming in the house, you go around the block for a walk, mm -hmm. right? Then, then there's the new behavior, right? And then you start small or maybe you don't even do a whole walk around the block. Maybe you say, I'm going to go for a walk for three minutes. Mm -hmm. And at, at three minutes, I turn around, right? And then, wow, I walked. I didn't come in and do that other behavior. So mm -hmm. that's a little bit of what you can start to do to remove that prompt that gave you the ability to do the bad habit. Mm -hmm. And you start to replace it with other behavior. And you start to, again, find the identity. I am a person who doesn't eat all those snacks after mm -hmm. I come home from work. And you celebrate that you're changing, that you're evolving. And by the way, the reason you're starting small, Samuel, is because it, um, Dr. Fogg uses the, uh, the idea of flossing your teeth, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a bad habit of not flossing your teeth. So in the mornings, the prompt could be, after I brush my teeth, I'm going to floss one tooth, mm -hmm. right? So you floss the one tooth. And then you celebrate, oh, I'm a person that flosses in the mornings, right? Mm -hmm. See how you got the identity? Now, you can 
it, one day you're like, oh, I already floss one tooth. I might as well keep going, right? Mm -hmm. But on the days that you don't feel like going and doing the whole thing, if you're flossing the one tooth, you're always successful at doing your tiny habit mm -hmm. at creating that identity. So then you're, there's no failure because what happens is when we fail at trying to do something very hard and then we don't have the motivation to do it, then we're going to go down the spiral of I, I'm not able to do it. I can't and I'm, I'm unsuccessful. And this is why we need to start tiny to mm -hmm. create or to replace our habits so that we always find that evidence that we can do it. Yeah. And I've also noticed even in my own personal experience too, like once you start exercising consistently, you get mm -hmm. in that habit of exercising right. and you just miss it for three days and then you just get back into the old routine of not wanting to exercise. And then yeah. I, I told my wife to like, stop buying snacks because if you buy it <laughs> and put it on this counter, I am going to eat it. But if you don't buy it, I would, I would ask for it. Right. Right. So it and is again, you know, you can have, you can rather than maybe you put the snacks in a cabinet that it's harder to get to. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have a bowl of fruit in front of you. Right. So that if you're really hungry, right. And you can remind yourself if you're really hungry, you're going to eat a banana. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I really want uh, those crackers or those chips. Then mm -hmm. if you're not willing to eat the banana, then you can find the awareness and look and say, oh, I'm not really hungry. I'm just looking to pick on something. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Obviously, there's a lot that we can talk about habits oh. and, and some of those things for sure. I love uh, but it. Just recently, you had a very, very successful opportunity to be in front of a, an amazing stage. Uh, you were on the TEDx uh, uh, talk uh, stage. So yeah. talk to our, our audience about what that experience is like and what prepared you to do that and, uh, and how that might uh, uh, allow other entrepreneurs to have opportunity to be positioning themselves as an expert in the space. Absolutely. Thank you again for asking about that. I mm -hmm. am just honored that I had the opportunity to lend my voice and add to the global conversation. And by the way, um, I talked about habits. I talked mm -hmm. about confidence and I talked about the power of being inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, there is a quote by Verne Myers, who is the diversity and inclusion expert. And she says that diversity is being invited to the party, inclusion is being asked to dance. Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the things that I have found as a corporate America uh, on, you know, executive, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a consultant, as a speaker, many people are invited indeed to the party and many people may have the opportunity in being asked to dance. But if you're lacking the confidence, mm -hmm. you're not gonna take up the, the invitation to dance. Mm -hmm. And really being able to create habits that help you build your confidence is one of the things that I want to encourage people to do. I um, knew that I wanted to do a TEDx and it has been on my dream list. And mm -hmm. every day I would write down, um, you know, and these, this is how I accomplish my goals. I write mm -hmm. down what I want to accomplish as if I've already accomplished them. Mm -hmm. So for many years I wrote, I want to write a best-selling book check. I did that. But mm -hmm. really, it was reminding myself every day that I wanted to do that. The same thing for TEDx. I said, I'm a TEDx speaker. I'm a TEDx speaker, but I was not applying. And by the way, if mm -hmm. you want to do something like speaking at TEDx, you got to apply. <laughs> so finally, I have a friend, a coach and someone that I dearly respect and love. And he said, hey, you said you're applying to TEDx. And I said, yeah, but I applied last year and I didn't get in. 
Mm-hmm. How many uh, TEDx stages did you apply for? And I said, one. And he mm-hmm. said, and you didn't get in, but you didn't apply again? I said, mm-hmm. no, because I, I they, they, they turned me down, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And he's like, well, you got to keep applying. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right. So 2023 came and I, uh, you know, he said, I'm going to challenge you. And I applied to the first TEDx in Malden, Australia. Mm-hmm. And they sent me an email and they said, congratulations, you're a finalist. We would love to learn more about you uh, coming to our stage. Mm-hmm. So I responded to that. And then the application for the TEDx here in Hartford, Connecticut, where I live, came up. And I applied again. And that's where I had gotten turned away last year. Mm -hmm. So I applied and I made it to the finalist as well. And then there's another application that opened up for TEDx in um, Mellon Street, which is Hampton, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I applied. Now, in the process, I I made it to finalist in Hartford. But sadly, I didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And then I made it to a finalist in TEDx um, for Mellon Street. And then I did an audition and then they invited me to, Mm. um, they invited me to speak. The one thing that I will tell your listeners is TEDx is a very prestigious thing. Mm -hmm. However, don't make the mistake of number one, not taking the leap and at least trying. And number two, when I was applying to the different talks, I was pitching them on what I thought I should talk about. They mm-hmm. definitely want to hear this, right? Mm-hmm. But what I did different with Mellon Street is that I saw what is it that is their theme and then crafting and taking my signature talk and crafting it to meet the audience and the theme of that particular TEDx. And that's how I was able to um, be invited to the stage. And it was a wonderful opportunity. I spoke with 17 other uh, amazing speakers who I am in awe of the incredible things that they're accomplishing. And some of their platforms are so um, amazing. So yeah, it, it was a great opportunity. So I'm, I'm still flying high from that experience. It happened uh, about a week and a half ago. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you when it live uh, when it goes live, and so yeah, me uh, so too. we can kind of consume that content. Um, certainly, there's a lot of experiences you've gotten right because you took that leap of faith uh, and you stepped out, even when there was obstacles. And now you've been able to enjoy things that you couldn't have, right? If you just kind of stayed mm-hmm. with what's comfortable, uh, yeah. and oftentimes that's what you get, right? When you take a risk, um, absolutely. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the conversation, and we definitely touched on some good habits and how to develop some of those habits. Uh, one of the things that I think entrepreneurs all struggle with is the concept of productivity because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that comes at us. And we often, even though we all know in, in theory, you know, important over urgent, but we tend to just go after the urgent items and then just try to put out the fire and then forget about what we were supposed to get done. So yeah. what are some of the best practices that you've been able to adapt uh, as an entrepreneur to be very, very productive? Love this conversation. So thank you for bringing it up. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the first things that I find, and by the way, for anybody listening, I want you to know that when you are working on something and you have a disruption, it takes 17 minutes on average to be able to reach the same level of concentration that you were at before your disruption. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, turn off your dings. Turn off the notifications on your phone. Um, my phone is always under not disturb. Why? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm working on something, if I'm on a podcast, I don't need text popping up. I don't need the dinging because even though I'm here in this moment, that's going to 
bring me out. The Mm -hmm. second thing that goes alongside with that is this is that consistent action and habits, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that you create some protocols for yourself. For instance, for myself, my first hour, it's it's a time in which I kind of oversee, okay, what is it that I need to do? What are my top three priorities for the day? And then I also time block. My days consist of time blocks of time. Uh, there are certain days that I work with clients. There are certain days that I reserve for marketing activities or networking. There are certain days that I do some of the financials and other kind of stuff. But all these things are non-negotiable scheduled time on my calendar. And my mm-hmm. calendar, again, is something that I schedule things in there based on what my priorities are. And based on what's important to me and what am I focusing on? So mm-hmm. that would be the first thing to start. Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, Samuel, they, you know, they want to do it all. And, and they end up um, starting out and saying, oh, I'm going to do this. And, oh, wait a minute, I need to do that. And they allow other people's priorities to kind of take over for them. Mm-hmm. Email is one of the things that is somebody else's priority. If you are checking email, this is the way I check it. I open it and then I scan through all the emails that are come in. I don't open any of them. I just look through. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that are maybe a client asking a question or a potential client or maybe something that I feel I need to answer, I open that. Mm-hmm. If it's going to take me less than three minutes to answer, then I go in and I answer that, mm-hmm. right? If it's going to take longer, then it goes into the to-do list. And I've discovered, and this is great for your um, for your clients and, and your listeners. I discovered a new Chrome extension. I know we were talking about Chrome extensions <laughs> earlier. Um, it's called Momentum. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it opens a really beautiful new um, window. Mm-hmm. And then you can stash all your tabs. So for the people who like me sometimes have a hundred million tabs open, you can stack them and then it will take them away. And all you see is this one beautiful screen with a motivational quote. It also allows you to put in what your top priority is for the day in there. So mm-hmm. when you're looking at your computer, that's what you're seeing. And then it allows you to also run a Pomodoro timer. Mm-hmm. And I run a lot of my tasks using the Pomodoro method. I don't know if you're familiar, if your listeners could be familiar with it, but basically you um, run your task and you do them in increments of 25 minutes with five minutes in between as, as a break. Um, and then that's one of the ways that I love. I always love to set up a timer and try to beat my timer. So those are my productivity hacks. Those are some really good ones. I've heard of Pomodoro, but I've never really been able to apply it uh, personally. Uh, but I know that as a concept. Yeah. And sometimes they, I've heard people use that for even studying. So they give them a five minute enjoy, you know, time to enjoy something that they have spent like 20 or 25 minutes uninterrupted studying a concept or yeah. learning something. Yeah. And by the way, my dogs loved my Pomodoro because every time I have a five minute Ding. break, they know that they also get a break to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good to know. So obviously you've shared some really good insights on the, the entrepreneurial journey and even some lessons on productivity and things like that. Knowing what you know today, what would you tell the younger Julie? You know, were you checking my Instagram today? Mm-mm. I just talked about this on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I would tell this girl, I posted a picture of myself at 28 Mm -hmm. and I would tell this girl, Hey, failure 
is your first step in learning. Mm. Don't take it too personally. Be okay with the failure. And the other thing that I would say to her is you're doing it right. You're doing it right because everything that you do will have some sort of outcome. And Mm -hmm. even if it's not how you intended it to be, it's going to be exactly where you need to be. So Mm -hmm. those are the things that I would definitely tell my younger self. But don't be a perfectionist. That's sabotaging yourself. Be okay with failure and keep going. Yes. Do you have any regrets? You know, I just, that's one of the fears that I have. I don't want to end my life with regrets. Mm -hmm. I just recently read something and it was about, it's okay to have regrets because ultimately if there's something that we regret not doing is because we were doing something else and it was Mm -hmm. a choice. And there's times in which we are not going to be able to do it all. And it's okay to be at peace with the choices that we've made, because we can't go back and change the past. So you can decide to plan for the future. You can anticipate who you want your future self to be, but don't live in the regret because it robs you of really being in the moment and being present and acknowledging all the beauty and the gratitude that you can have for where you are and where you have gotten yourself into. What a great way to end this conversation. Julie, I certainly enjoy this discussion and and thank you so much for sharing your life lessons with our audience oh thank you so much i have loved this conversation as well i can't wait for you to come and visit casa de confidence so uh so fun to be here thanks for inviting me thank you this episode of coffee with closers is brought to you by one ims a leading digital marketing agency helping businesses win new customers to request a free marketing roi audit please visit oneims.com. If you enjoyed this video, please share it. To make sure you never miss an episode, please subscribe.